Hey Tan Zanzi, welcome to the final episode of season 4 of Corona Diaries. A refresher in case you need it. This podcast began in early 2020 when the coronavirus first hit South Africa. At that time, we had just signed up as first-year students in the School of Journalism and Media Studies at Rhodes University. Before we knew it, we were having to study remotely, away from campus. But our school is known to be one of the best places to study journalism on the continent, and students from the school weren't going to let a virus stop them from sharing stories. And so, the second-year journalism class started this podcast to make a record of their experience of life in the time of COVID-19. It's now 2021. We are now in our second year in the school of JMS, and so it is our turn to produce Corona Diaries. Some people in our class are back on campus, but many of us still study remotely, far away from our university. And from all over Mzansi and even other parts of Africa, the stories keep coming. Each episode is presented by a member of the class, and today, it is my turn. My name is Karen Banza, I am recording this podcast in Johannesburg, and I bring you the final episode of Season 4. We've had an absolute blast bringing you our stories about life in the pandemic, but all good things must come to an end. Now it is November of 2021 and many of us have been vaccinated. We've learned to live in this new normal and we've found creative ways of sharing the experience with you. From interviewing healthcare workers to voicing our innermost thoughts and feelings, we've covered the full spectrum of life under lockdown. It seems fitting to end of this season on an upbeat note, to remind you that resilience comes from our ability to make the most out of every situation. So we give you three stories about people who have discovered beauty, creativity, and a richness of culture in the middle of the pandemic. Don't forget, you can stay connected with us whenever. Head over to our social media and engage with us there. Tweet us at Rhodes underscore JMS and follow us on Instagram at Diaries. Remember to use the hashtag Corona Diaries. Behind the masks. A podcast you can listen to at home. That is like way too straight to the point. Yeah, stay at home and listen to podcasts. Life in quarantine, the lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind. In our first story... Yolanda Pondo allows us to have a glimpse into the beauty of our culturally rich country. Yolanda is a proud black Isikosa speaking woman, and she says that language and culture are vital to her identity. She speaks to Linda Gutle Umtwai from the Eastern Cape and Risuna Matibula from Limpopo about their relationship with language. Diversity goes way beyond the recognition of a multilingual and multicultural society. It pierces through one's understanding and celebration of another's language, culture, 
and identity, and of course, not renouncing from their own. The power of language lies within. Without one group embracing its own language, it is impossible to sustain it. Allow me to introduce to you the language of Isiklosa and how my identity is synonymous with my culture. Diversity, an enhancer of creativity. The key is unity in diversity. Through language, we are united. Through culture, we are diversified. Ikamalam Guyolanda Pondo. Dindombi Yasamangunini. Dizalwa Indombi Yasamagretini. My voice and language are my identity. They are a true reflection of where I come from, where I am, and where I am going. Molueni Dumelang Huyadach Sanibonani Nibuliswa Indombi Yomkosa Indombi Yasamangunini Go Kumnandi Kwakosa Diazila Golwini Luam my pride in my language can never be taken away from me. Through my understanding of where I come from, I'm able to respect and understand all cultures. The friends that I chose to surround myself with have also enhanced my love for tradition and culture. The way they speak Isikosa leaves you with goosebumps. They speak with so much pride and passion. Here's a glimpse of what they sound like. Botani makuitu lo utesa apa ni ngati kandi zikuwa kulanti ngulindu kushle mngai Unyana oza lo intumbi ya sema mpingeni Eka mali mutokilo mngai Kunye no nyana wa sema chwakhimi Oka mali ngobonga ni mali Ngai ukubandibele kulu ekaya Tingengu omchato Itatehisi tukosika mama Umpinga umawa umpono wakosho umtomtwana Dipuma kutpono na sempuma kolono Kuilali ya kutendane kuindawe ya kufengi Dimke no umtua kuti Due to the fact that I was born outside of marriage I adopted my mother's clan name I was born and bred in the province of the Eastern Cape, in a village called Ekandani. That is me. Risuna Matebula describes to us her name and surname and further enhances her identity by telling us that she's proudly Tsonga and giving us her clan names. Awesheni bitramina imina resuna matebula. Nimtsonga. Atinyungu jisa bitsonga jamina. Ye kan alles tun in die Welt. Niemand kan yo anders vertellen. Whether it be wanting to change the world through music, art, poetry, dance, anything is possible. If you know your true identity, your language, your culture. Nothing is standing in your way. Through the lens of a multicultural and a multilingual society, we are able to adopt perspectives that are different, judgments that are different. We are therefore able to contribute positively to a successful society. Let us adopt methods and techniques to embrace our diversity, to celebrate our cultures, our identity. We speak different languages for a reason, belong to different cultures and have different identities. 
Imagine if we all said the same thing at the same time. We looked the same, we spoke the same language. Wouldn't that deteriorate our inquisitivity? If we do not take into consideration the significance of diversity, then we stand the risk of becoming obsolete. We stand the risk of losing all humanity. Let's change the pace a bit, shall we? During the last two years, online entertainment has exploded in popularity. I mean, what else was there to do while locked down at home other than scroll through social media? One form of entertainment that became especially popular during the COVID lockdown was content creation through online video. And so we have seen the emergence of a whole new generation of young creatives who style themselves as virtual YouTubers and streamers. Corona diarist Jessica Friedman explores what virtual YouTubers are in an archival stream of her own. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to the stream. How's my volume? Let me just adjust that. Okay, we're good to go. How are you all doing today? Good? Good. I'm so glad. Today, I have a very exciting topic for you guys. We are going to talk about VTubers. What are they? Where did they come from? Why are they so popular? Why are you lusting so heavily after these two-dimensional women? I am going to answer these questions for you. Well, maybe not the last one. That sounds like a you problem. Anyway, let's get into the world of VTubers. So, what is a VTuber? Virtual YouTubers, or VTubers, are people who create online video content using avatars. These content creators often use a pseudonym, don't share their real face, and have full character backstories to go with their avatar. As you might know, the first VTuber was Kazuna Ai. Kazuna Ai debuted in 2016, originally only posting YouTube videos, but has now started doing the occasional stream. Her success was monumental, and as of October 2021, she has 2.98 million subscribers on her YouTube account. That makes her one of the most famous VTubers. Oh no, I think I hear a certain apex predator on the horizon. Ah. It's Hololive, and more specifically, Gorgura, with her signature, ah. Hololive began in 2016 as one of the first VTuber agencies. At first, its success was limited, with their first idol, Tokinosora, debuting to an audience of only 15 viewers. But over time, their fame has exploded, and Hololive is now one of the biggest VTuber agencies, and is certainly the biggest English-speaking VTuber agency. The most subscribed to VTuber, Gorgura, debuted in September 2020 as part of Hololive's first English-speaking generation, Holomyth. In just over a year, she has obtained 3.43 million subscribers on YouTube. Oh, we got a question. The deadest beat asked, I still don't get why VTubers are so famous though. Well, part of the fame of VTubers has of course come from their sexy anime girl personas and how easy they are to market. But most VTubers are actually extremely talented and charming. Take Hololive English's Mori Kalaiopi for example. Hi there Deadbeats! Hello, hello Callie, how are you? I'm happy. I'm happy because I'm here with you. Not only is she an entertaining VTuber, she is also a rapper and has released two EPs. Another member of Hololive English, Ninomai Inanis, is a talented artist. Wow. 
Hello! Good morning, afternoon, evening! What time is it? It's taco time! Taco time! Yay! The best thing about the VTuber rabbit hole is that it's never ending. Every Hololive VTuber streams for hours every week, and it's already almost impossible to catch all the content. But there are more agencies beyond Hololive, like Nichisanji and V Shoujo. Beyond that are the hundreds of indie VTubers who debut every day. This is a form of content creation that is only getting more popular. To paraphrase a proverb, the best time to get into VTubers was last year. The second best time is now. Speaking of streaming and entertainment, during the pandemic, we've seen an upsurge of interest in low-fidelity music. Lo-fi music began to be recognized as a style of popular music in the 1990s, when it also became referred to as DIY or do-it-yourself music. It is characterized by the inclusion of elements normally viewed as undesirable in professional music, such as misplaced notes, distortion, tape hiss, and so on. The pandemic has contributed to a growth in lo-fi channels with a strong online following. In an attempt to discover why there has been such a peak in interest, Andrew Rotenbach speaks to four of his friends who are all followers of the genre. They talk to him about two of the genre's most notoriously gifted producers, Jay Della and New Jabs. A legendary artist, and I think that, you know, it's, it's mind-blowing. Hip-hop, lo-fi, experimental hip-hop, and all that. He died the same day as Dylan. He was just doing what he loves. Regarded as, you know, the fathers of lo-fi. Since the COVID-19 pandemic pushed the world into working from home, there has been a significant surge in the listenership of the lo-fi hip-hop genre. Across the globe, millions tune into the soft sounds of looping beats to accompany the flow of their work, many claiming the minimalistic, repetitive rhythms increase their productivity. Despite the genre's increasingly large following, not many are aware of its beguiling origins. This brief segment delves into the mysterious link between the style's ill-fated founding fathers in an attempt to break down what made their unique selection of sounds so captivating. Born on the 7th of February, 1974, James DeWitt Yancey was raised by an operatic singer mother and a jazz bassist father on the east side of Detroit. In 1992, Detroit musician Am Fiddler led JDUs as a Kai MBC. The technology was modeled off the Lynn drum machine architecture and intended as a simple sequencer, Dilla quickly becoming inseparable with the equipment. What you're hearing is an example of how Dilla would chop up and flip a sample. It's like really creative with all different types of sounds and samples. Like they're so like well integrated together to make like one really good sound. Like I don't know how he does it, but like it just fits in so well. Like redefining how how he used like the machines to make the beats. The Dilla beat would definitely be um, baby. And like, I don't know why that, that beat like just amazes me so much. It just makes me feel good. Across the Pacific Ocean in the Minato district of Tokyo, Japan, 
Jun Sebo was born on the same day. Sebo initially took a different approach to music. He was an avid listener of jazz and found samples that weren't common in the West. It was only in 1998 where Sebo's confidence in production started, reversing his name and dubbing himself New Jabez. He was a very different type of person. I mean, everyone's different, but he was different. I believe he was a very passionate The first time I found out about Nujabis was from Lady Brown, and I thought that song was amazing, and then it just like threw me down the whole Nujabis rabbit hole. Yeah, Model Soul by Nujabis. That's just one of those albums you can just like hear front to back, and it's like just just a whole piece like you just get lost in it and you know you don't even feel like you're listening to to music it's just a whole world in february 2010 producers jay dilla and new jabez passed within 16 days of one another born on the same day 10,000 kilometers away and both considered the fathers of lo-fi their reimagining of how samples can be sequenced will forever be cemented as a pivotal point in music history revolutionizing the machinery and pioneering an evergreen sound that would pave the way for producers everywhere. In his last, you know, few weeks, you know, on his deathbed, um, he was still making, he was still making beats. I don't know why, to me, that just, like, I already had so much respect for him, but like, to find out that he was still just chopping up samples and doing what he loves until his last breath. Life in quarantine, the lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our stories behind. On that lo-fi note, we have come to the end of the fourth season of Corona Diaries. To each of our storytellers, thank you for sharing these creative and intimate stories with us. We know it's been tough, but you made it to the end. To you, our listeners, thank you for journeying with us and we hope that you have gained some insight about what it has been like for all of us to survive the past two years. And to the second year journalism class of 2022, we hope that COVID will no longer be part of your daily routine. Hopefully you can take this podcast and change its name and begin to tell stories about life after the pandemic. But for now, remember, vaccine rollouts are still happening. Go register at vaccine.enroll.health.gov.za. Again, that is vaccine.enroll.health.gov.za. The life-saving vaccine is free of charge. This way, you can protect yourself and your loved ones from this virus. We can work together to heal our nation. From myself, Geren Banza, and the rest of the second-year class, go well, be safe. And we hope that the remainder of this year is kind to you and yours. Bringing the world to you. The Corona Diaries.